in the trenches with Ryan Roxy. Well, hello, hello, hello. Ryan Roxy here. and Welcome to another episode of In the Trenches, a live stream episode. And not just a live stream episode, a duo podcast. The oh first God. time it's ever been done in the history of podcasts. I am teaming <laughs> up because my guest today, I'm his guest. So would you please welcome to live stream In the Trenches, Mr. Todd Kearns. And... I, will you please welcome my guest, Todd Dammit Kearns, talks to Ryan Roxy. There you go. Brought to, that... you by, brought to you by Ginsu Knives. I don't know. Wow, you got a sponsor? All right, I'll take it. <laughs> already, yeah. already your show kicks our ass. You have a, you have a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Hard. I, I got Tim Hortons. I'm ready to go, as you can see. And I've got a pina colada. I'm ready think, to go. I think you win. I think you win. <laughs> well, it's the no. time difference. Because I, I, I told you right before we went on the air, my first question out of the gate was, growing up, how close did you live to a Tim Hortons? Because you are the great white hope. You are Canada's finest. You are Todd Kearns. How close was it to a Tim Hortons? I was just going to comment on how, how, how healthy and tanned you look and how I'm not Caucasian. I'm pink. I always tell people I'm like a, like a, a white walker, but with slight sun overtones uh nice, I grew up- but, it, but it's a nice it's a nice uh it's a it's a nice <laughs> blend with the background because it's almost yeah. like we're doing this in black and white it it really like is. A 1920s <laughs> film. <laughs> exactly like nosferatu or something uh actually i grew up in a, in a tiny little town so tim hortons well the funny thing is there's such a canadian canadiana that has happened in the past 20 to 25 years where things like Poutine and Tim Hortons have become such a signified part of Canada. Whereas when I was a kid, it'd be the same thing as saying you're from California and like coming up with every possible cliche about California. Um, but for Canada me, it was kind of like the whole Canada. Exactly. Canada. Yeah. 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 I grew up in a small town far from everything. And we probably didn't even know what Tim Hortons was unless we were traveling. Then we'd go through gas stations and be like, Oh, the good stuff. Ooh, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what's funny now? Saskatchewan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, the, the, the big tip in, in, in the States is to go to bed, bath and beyond. And you can get Tim Hortons uh, pods for your Keurig for some reason at bed, bath and beyond. I have no idea why. Well, I've got my soundbite for this whole podcast, so I guess we could just wrap it up right now. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> yes, because because Todd Kearns talked about Tim Hortons capsules that you can pick up at Bed Bath and Beyond. Is that another one of you, your sponsors? Brought to you by Tim Hortons <laughs> and Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, <laughs> that be that would be a great sponsor to have. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you did grow up because I I was doing some research today because I do love Canada and playing with Alice we've been lucky to play not just the ABC markets we've played of Canada we've gone deep into the alphabet uh we've played <laughs> we've yeah. played medicine hat we've actually played there we've played moose jaw and oh, we yeah. played uh regina rhymes with uh-huh is that where you're from <laughs> is it is it regina or um, close I, I come up from from north of there, a town called Lanigan, Saskatchewan, and that's more closer to Saskatoon. So Saskatoon was the big city, though we would travel to Regina too. I saw Kiss, Judas Priest, bands like that in Regina at the Agridome, which I think is some some you know agriculture and dome stuck together. I don't know how that worked, but yeah, you, had, you was- had an agri Regina. <laughs> I mean, I know the joke writes itself. The scene you, that rhymes with fun, they, they say, yeah. 
there it is. The city yeah. that rhymes with fun. But but you said it at very first. You said it very Canadian in the proper way. I said you said Regina or something. You said Regina. Regina. Re, re, no, it's Regina. It, it's, it is, it's, it is. it's actually named after, I believe, some uh, Regina would have been like the, the royal. Uh, but in typical, you know, North American form, we take things like Notre Dame and we call it Notre Dame or, you know. And Regina just sort of turns into Regina because that's just, you know, that's how we talk. I guess. I don't know. I might have just made that up. Somebody, there's going to be a million things on the side here saying, it's called Regina because of this, Todd. You should know this. You say yeah. Regina, I say Regina. Exactly. But, uh, Let's call the whole thing where you sort of grew up and you grew up in that area. And that's where, because I do like to start things off. I am. I'm going to kick things off. All right. Because kick uh, away. like I said, we're, you're my guest today. And thank you, everybody. I, I, you know what? I haven't even acknowledged our amazing chat that's right there. If you are listening to it on all the uh, non-visual platforms, I'm talking about Apple and I'm talking about Spotify, I'm talking about Stitcher, all those, uh, pull your car over, uh, get on your phone and get on to uh, YouTube Live or Facebook Live and hit that subscribe button because you are ha hanging out with a duo podcast version of uh, two podcasts combining each other's talents, our strengths, our weaknesses. It's In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy and uh, Todd Dammit Kearns talks to teaming up today. And my guest is Todd Kearns. So I get to go first with my question. Go. And this little question of like, let's go back to get forward. I like it. All right. I, like I think Vic has a, uh, he has an intro for that. You got that intro to put that up there? Oh, Vic? This, this should be something. <laughs> he doesn't. Okay. Never mind. Uh, so you see a lot of times if I'll say something like that, Vic will have, Oh, <laughs> wow. wow. All right. All right. Leave Vic well, alone. <laughs> the thing I wanted to talk about was your first band growing up in th that area. You formed a band called age of electric. Yes. And yes. it was now, am I right or am I wrong? Is there are two sets of brothers in this band? Yeah. And yeah. if so, that is, that's got to be some sort of Guinness Book of World Records. The year is, <laughs> the year is 1989. We have obviously listened to the same albums at the same time because we, both, both of us, the bands yeah. I was in, I was in a band called Dad's Porno Mag. You're in a band called Age of Electric. We both loved Oasis, definitely, maybe. I can totally. tell. Absolutely. Yeah. But tell me how that band formed and how did two sets of brothers end up starting this age of electric? Um, well, I was, you know, I was in bands before that uh, as a kid. And I was like uh, uh, the drummer from the age of electric ended up being a roadie for one of our bands, or one of my bands. And we hit it off real, 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 real fast and real, real tight. It was weird because we were younger. I was always the youngest guy in the band. So then this guy, Kurt comes into my orbit and we're around the same age and we both love the same bands. We both played the same kind of music. And, uh, it turns out his little brother plays guitar. My little brother's been playing bass. I was actually playing bass back then and singing and then the idea was well i'll get my brother to play bass and i'll move over to the paul stanley position of rhythm guitar lead vocals and then uh it literally just kind of happened like that it was fairly painless you know just kind of like it seemed obvious like we should do this and then this band itself did quite well in canada i mean i i'm i'm looking at i'm seeing next to the name juno which is nice awards it's basically the grammys of canada right. and um well I'm nominated nominated we never won it hey, but hey just I'll, I'll to be there it. yeah 
It's, yeah, it's, exactly. You know, I sat next. I sat next to Mark Messier from the New York Rangers and Shania Twain at, at the at the Junos, and I thought, oh, okay, I've arrived. You know, and that then, was my first hockey game was Mark Messier at the in New York Rangers uh, playing the L.A. Kings, Madison Square Garden. Wow, wow. great! I saw yeah. Mark back in the Edmonton Oilers days, back when Gretzky and those guys. That was those are crazy times. But we digress. He rings a bell. Rings a bell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I live in Sweden. It's all about hockey here. I, like, I know. I know. Are you a sports guy? Does it does it shock I'm you a, that hockey guy? I'm a hockey guy, and and this is actually, if I may parlay into the next part of this, is is to me is is living in Vegas and knowing what a Raiders fan you are. I'm actually very curious to hear your take on on on. I mean, I drive down the I-15 into the, you know, into the city and the stadium is just this, you're at one point you're thinking, where are they going to put a stadium? There you go. Look at that. Ouch. Does that, does that hurt Ryan? Does that hurt to see that? It it gives me so much joy. It gives me so much joy. You don't have, you don't understand because people have been asking me, weren't you so bummed the Raiders are leaving Oakland? It's like, no, They've left Oakland. I grew up in Northern California, right? Sure. It's great because now it just became your show and you're interviewing me. See how that see, happened? See people in the chat? You see that whole switcheroo without even knowing? Up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I've been thinking of this a lot. Ever since we got the Raiders, I thought, I got to talk to Roxy about this. <laughs> and here we are. Now it's happening. Well, here we are. I'll tell you the exact <laughs> story. Because when it first started happening, all the rumors of it were, were you, are you going to be bummed if they move out of Because at that point, they, they could have moved either. Uh, I think San Diego was a uh, Los Angeles going back to L.A. was an option. Even San Antonio, Texas was an option. But Las Vegas, they settled on because, you know, what <laughs> Why shouldn't you have a professional football team where course, the yeah. most, you know, betting goes off, sports betting in the world? There's nothing ever that could be fixed or rigged. I love it. And our yeah. players will never, ever be tempted with any of the temptations that Las Vegas <laughs> gives us, ever. Right. I think that's tr- to be true. I'm worried for all the other visiting teams that come in to say, hey, we're playing Vegas this week. Right on. <laughs> we might have, a, we might go 8 0 in our home stadium. We might go undefeated. There's no doubt about it. But here's the thing um, I was not bummed at all because I had grown up in Oakland, California, not in Oakland, but a little bit outside a place called Pleasanton. But I used to, I was a fan of the 70s Raiders. Like you were a fan of Gretzky and Messier. My guys were Kenny Stabler, uh, it was Marv Hubbard, it was Fred Bolitnikoff, uh, George Blanda, John Madden as a coach. So sure. I grew up with those guys. Um, and one of the reasons, uh, apparently, I don't know if it's true or not, maybe subliminally, why I, I say Roxy 77. Well, one of the greatest Oakland uh, Super Bowls that they won with that cool team they won in january of 1977 i know it was a 76 season but it was 1977 where they actually won the game and uh, so when they moved down to la i uh i was down in la doing my thing with music and uh, when they moved back i was still supportive so when they moved to las vegas now um I can only think of Road Warrior. What's it going to be like getting to the games on Sunday? It's going to be exactly <laughs> like the movie Road Warrior, right? People are going to be – Vic, do you have a picture of Road Warrior for people just ready to like, a game? Just, like people – 
<laughs> yeah. You know, and that guy with the guitar that's on the front of the new totally. one, yeah, with, yeah. you know, just playing yeah. this thing. So I'm, that, I'm that, really looking forward your, to that. Your, your parking lot party. What do they call those? Uh, the rock and roll parking lot that I yeah. have. Man, yeah, exactly, wait a second. Yeah. Did you do research on me as well? <laughs> of course. Of course I had to. Yeah. I mean, Damn. although I'm, to be honest, I'm, I'm pretty well versed in all things Ryan Roxy. I, I've been a, been, oh, a yeah. been a supporter for a long time. And that's another thing I wanted to ask you about. I, I know I'm taking two questions, but. Go ahead. You, you, get, yeah. you get a twofer, then I get one. Because I, I didn't mean to just jump right ahead into the Raiders, which, to be honest, I'm really excited about that. Just give my two cents on the whole thing. is Because living in Las Vegas, I've been here almost 15 years, as, as hard as that is to believe. But when you travel as much as we do, it's always kind of like my house is where my TV and my bed are and some stuff. You've been there for 15. I've been in, I've been in Sweden for 15 almost. That's so, amazing. Like, literally, that's yeah. we, we, we moved. Did we both move out time. of L.A. at the same time? Probably. Or were you living in LA? I was in Van- you- I was in Vancouver, but I've been in and out of, of LA many times. Yeah, so you know, so I was pretty much in Canada and had that whole thing going on. So when I came here, it was sort of a, kind of random, and it wasn't really a move. It was kind of like I had some stuff going on here, and I was bouncing back and forth, and then all that other stuff kind of happened. But my point was going to be that in watching the 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 uh, the Golden Knights happen here in Las Vegas, it was really fascinating to watch. Like, say on Monday. No one even knew what hockey was. And then on Tuesday, that logo was everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. And by the end of that first season, I remember walking into this like supermarket to grab some whatever with my wife. And I looked around. I go, does it feel like we're in Canada? Like she looked around and everywhere, everyone was wearing the logo and it was on everything. And I was just like, and it really sort of gave this sort of identity in a way, which I didn't really understand because I've always been a music guy. And I, I guess I always took for granted and I've always taken it for granted because I'm not sure about Sweden, but in Canada, hockey is everywhere. Like it's on oh, Sweden. Sweden is, yeah. you know, outside of Canada, the second most popular place where the most popular players come from, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sweden, because we're always winning those world championships. You know, we're always winning the world champions in the trenches turned to in the, on the bench. <laughs> It's a sports. Your- it's a sports show now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like it. <laughs> but no, I think it's really interesting to me because it's like, ever since I moved to the states, it's been something I have to seek out. I remember going. We were in Los Angeles uh, recording, and it was like the playoffs were happening, and the Kings were in the playoffs. I don't remember what year this was. Whatever was going on, we just decided Fitz and I, our drummer, who's also Canadian, of course, and Brent it was like Fitz. let's just let's yeah, Brent Fitz. Yeah, so we were like let's just go get something to eat. Um, let's just go to a sports bar so we can watch the game. So we walk into a sports bar. I don't know where, where it was or where in LA, but it was just like a million TVs and every cricket, anything you could imagine was on TV except hockey. And we're like, dude, the, the Kings are in the playoffs and you don't have a hockey game going on here. He goes, Oh, click turns it around. Like seriously. But it's the kind of thing you have to kind of seek out. If you there really was want. a time, there was a time, yeah. a very short Brief time where I when I guess it was Gretzky was on the Kings. Uh, who 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 else was the guy? Um, it was when the L.A. Kings had changed Marty their McSorley, colors. Yeah, uh, all that. was Robitaille. on. Yeah, yeah. Robitaille, of yeah. course. Yeah, uh, but they were all on that team. The team had changed its colors 
to a bit yeah. more of black and and black and silver, and yeah. it got in Ricky Rackman. They used to have the they used to have the Lakers colors. Yes, they did. But yeah. Ricky yeah. Rackman was like spearheading this hockey movement. I remember yeah. that. And yeah. uh, Ricky Rackman of Cat House fame, folks. For those of you keeping score mm-hmm. at home, and then so so for a brief time, hockey was really in vogue and very rock and roll. I tell you, my, the first hockey game I ever went to was when uh, my band I was in called Electric Angels. We had moved from Los Angeles in the late 80s when everybody was migrating to LA. We couldn't get arrested there. We had played pretty much every, uh, we've opened up for every band that imaginable, you know, all the cool ones, at least I thought that we could go there. Oh, wow. There it is. There's a, there's Morbid a nice picture of us. Damn. Yeah, look at that. And Electric Angels, we were playing, well, that's after we were signed, but as you can see, the hair remains the same. But, um, <laughs> I like it. That's oh, yeah. a, that's a, that should be the title of your book. <laughs> the hair remains the same. I like that. All right. Yeah. So from the late '80s, we moved to New York City. My first yeah. sporting event ever to go to, go to was at Madison Square Garden. Uh, was in seeing the uh, Kings play the Rangers, and it was awesome. Wow. Ty Domi yeah. was like beating everybody up at that point. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was As really he does. Cool. I yeah. saw some so many great things at the Garden. Um, I was able to see, you know, I don't know if you're into NBA. I, I do love sure. the fact that we've become a little bit of a sports show, folks. This is this is sort of getting me people a little don't, bit. People don't know me as a sports guy, but I actually am a great appreciator of the NBA. And I lived in Vancouver. We had a, a, a basketball team. When the Raptors happened in Toronto, Vancouver got a team called the Grizzlies, which is now in – I think Arizona. I'm not sure where they moved to, but yeah, anyway, they, they, they did move around. But they used to have that yeah. big, that big white dude. It was like the big, big white dude. <laughs> that was what they called him Big Bear. Yeah, what they called him Big White Dude. Big, I think that was big, it. <laughs> I, think, I really think that might have been it. <laughs> I used to go to games. I used to go to games all the time. I would go with the. They used to shoot the Chris Isaac show up there. You remember when Chris Isaac had a TV show? Oh no, I didn't. So no. He had a TV show and they shot it in Vancouver and I would go and we would, I didn't go with them. We just happened is, to be in these is same. Is Chris world. Isaac uh, Canadian? No, he's not. No, he's, he's down south somewhere, I think. I'm, okay. I'm not sure. He just but looks he, like someone that's always surrounded by models because of that one video, right? I know. That like, little yeah, black and white. The, like, the w- Wicked Game video yeah, there. With the, yeah. oh, His whole life is in black and white surrounded by supermodels. <laughs> And champagne for some reason. Damn it! That's our, uh, that's where we messed up. We're not we, we're not recording this. In black. You're halfway there with your yeah, complexion exactly. and your I, hair. But. Black and pink. Yeah. <laughs> but I was going to say no. I think for Vegas, I think it's really really exciting because I think you know it, it, there was a time where everybody thought like Vegas having a you know major league sports teams just didn't make sense. Now it's like I I, I assure you that there's lots of talk about a baseball team and lots of talk about an NBA team, and I hope it all happens because I think this city has proven. Well, we just happened to luck out and have this like this hockey team that went all the way in the very first season of its existence, yeah. all the way to the final. They, round they weren't moved Stanley from Cup. somewhere else. They, they they came. No, they they were an expansion team, but just went a brand on. new yeah expansion wow. team. So, okay. which I think is the interesting thing about the Raiders is is you know we kind of thought well it'd be interesting if it was the Las Vegas whatever like a brand new team, but the right. fact that it's the Raiders it's very very interesting to see. To, to witness this happen. So oh, I'm, I'm, Raiders. I'm, 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 I'm all on board with that. See the golden Knights. I, I can't, is, is there's too many things with that, that, that could be nefarious with associated with Vegas with the word golden, you know, showers, sure. 
Well, I never thought of that. <laughs> and, yeah, that, that and it could either be golden, you know, showers or boogie nights. So boogie you know, nights, you, you put sure, yeah. golden nights together, and it would be. It's very. It has some nefarious overtones for sure. But you should you should go to a game here. I mean, it's like I've only been to a few, but. I, I'm waiting for all my anybody who's actually only ever seen games at T-Mobile here in Las Vegas. I want them to go see a game in Detroit or like Boston, like the old school, like original six teams where it's a hockey game. You go in there like back in the day, you could smoke in there and you'd like throw your keys at the ref. You know, like, and now it's like and then in Vegas, it's like this big production pyro and like stuff going off and celebrities are showing up. So well, here's it's a good a question. Next level thing. Here's a good question that will lead me into back to music, folks. All right, don't give up on us in the chat. Yeah, we're we're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're going to come off I've sports exhausted. eventually. But I've exhausted my sports knowledge. Not yet, point. though. We'll, we'll dive right into the trenches, or you know, uh, yeah, exactly. damn it, talk to at one point because we are you are folks listening to a duo podcast. First time I think it's ever happened in the history of podcasts where. Um, I, myself, Ryan Roxy, in the trenches, have teamed up with Todd Dammit Kearns, and uh, we are combining both our podcasts together. So if you like it, uh, just subscribe down there at the corner right now, and we appreciate you showing up right now. And I'm talking about uh, these arenas. We're talking sports, and of course, uh, I want to know, have you, as a musician, whether it's in Canada or whether it's across the states, been able to play any of your bucket list arenas with the bands that you've been in, and which one was it? A bunch of them, actually. Really? So it, oh. in '97, the Age of Electric, we did we did Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto, which is holy ground. You know what I mean? So that that was hey, look at there we are. That's from probably 2017, but we did a, I was going to say, uh, Maple Leaf Gardens doesn't look that big. It looks more like a club. No, yeah. That's, <laughs> much, that's probably about as much room as Bush gave us on the stage, mind you. Oh, you played with Bush. We were, nice. It was right. Bush and Baruch Salt, who were very happy at the Salt. time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, they're the best. They were the best, yeah. Feed me. And, um, yeah. Bob Rock produced. Guy, right? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah they, Bob Rock. Did yeah, we just did, say at the same time? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well... Bob Rock was part of the reason that Age of Electric got signed or, or got anything because we we kind of were a, a band from the middle of the country running around uh, all over the all over Canada. And then uh, Bob Rock saw us in Vancouver and was like, I want to record you guys. And we were like, us? You know, that kind of thing of like. And uh, so we moved out to Vancouver and that's when we sort of really became serious about like pursuing a career. And Bob Bob was doing keep the faith by Bon Jovi at the exact same time as recording us. What and year the bass was that? player on that. That would have been 91, 92, I think 92 by the time we finally got out there. Wow. So, so he, so he, he did, recorded you guys. He, yeah. He, he, he was working on this Bon Jovi, keep the faith record. The record where John cut his hair was a big deal at the time. Oh, and then yeah. we all know the records that people cut their hair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 1984, exactly. Eddie Van Halen cut his hair. And the world <laughs> yeah. changed for me, right? Exactly. It was like, he played keyboards and he cut his hair. Fucking dude, what's up? I know. It's uh, like it's like when you watch. Oh, my hair. That's when you start oh, growing your hair. I think in that. This, this is. Wouldn't it be funny if I just like with Jean Luc Picard <laughs> under this, just like hung it up? Um, but the uh, remember like. But it's funny when you look back on those bands like Queen and all that. You look at like the era of Queen and they all had long hair and then like, jazz. like 10 years uh, wasn't later. Wasn't it jazz where he cut his head? 
Where he cut his, I think he, so. He yeah. didn't cut yeah. his head. He cut his head. Don't, don't cut your head. No. Don't, don't cut your. But Roger too. Roger was like you know, and and John Deacon too. They all went short. And Brian has always had the same hair. It's a different color now, but it's always had the same hair. Brian. But uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So Bob Bob brought us out to Vancouver, and I know I know you've had some history with Bob. You worked on the Tal Bachman record, there or I'm sorry, go. in Canada, Tal Bachman. Well, yeah. They say Bachman. All right. There. Yeah. Well, the, the the guy that had that song. You know, and you're on the, the guy, the guy no, in the how, pel- how are you? On- okay, here we go. Here we go. So this is great. Yeah, that's, that's the song. I, I mean, I could play it for you right now, not just because I haven't heard it 500 times today on a <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Peloton commercial or something. It caused all that, all that, it, it made a resurgence with all that stuff with the Peloton commercial. But it is cool. I did not know this out of all my crack research that the In the Trenches uh, group does. By the way, I was the only one that did the research on this, uh, the only one that actually contributed to the script this week. That's sort of a slam <laughs> to my to my In the Trenches script crew because I did invite them, but Ouch. honestly, it's okay because I, I, I enjoy doing the research on you, uh, Todd, but I did not catch the fact that- It's a that- one sheet. No, no, trust me. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff. Oh, wow. On this iPad. Um, But Vic, our producer, always does a stellar job at at finding out all the overlays and stuff. Let's see if you can find one for Tal Bachman. Because the thing is, Bob Rock produced the Tal Bachman album. Bob Rock worked with yourself, you know, with with Age of Electric as well and recorded it. Um, My experience with him didn't happen until a couple years later. But I found the same thing. He does have that, I don't know what it is with, with really high-level producers, but they have that X factor where they can hear something. Yeah. They can hear yeah. something that we don't hear and then takes it to the next level. And I remember, because I, I didn't even think that that song, She's So High, was the best song on the album. I thought Tal had some better songs on there. But then again, we were all living in Hawaii enjoying the experience it wasn't like, oh it was already in hawaii by that oh, point yeah we, re- we were is the, that in maui where is that in maui we recorded we yeah. were the first band to record out of bob rock studio in maui so i go. had been to that studio that i think you recorded at because that's where i met during that whole era of tal bachman i met brian adams guitar player who was working Keith around scott Yes, really amazing guitar Great player. Great guitar player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you probably worked with him favorites. as well. You're you're kind of Canada Canadian royalty up there, right? Well, I, I, people say things like that, but I I don't feel like that. But I appreciate that. I, thank you. I don't really know Keith at all. I've met Brian on a few occasions, but um, Brian Adams. Sorry, I'm all first name basis here, Brian. <laughs> I'm dropping names. Watch your feet. Well, dude, I don't know if it's Brian Adams. I don't know if it's it's, it's Brian May. You're just dropping everything with Bri- with a B. I know. Exactly. I know a lot of Brian's. <laughs> I need a bartender. Can I get it some more? Um... It's funny though because uh, yeah, Bob was a very intense guy. Like when when I worked with him, he was doing Keep the Faith, and then directly after, um, it was that Karabi Motley Crew record, like boom, and it was wow. like, and he was you know he'd come off of. Uh, I guess the Black Album and Feel Good were his big sort of, at that time, his big like, boom, yeah. this is Bob Rock, you know, and and Vancouver was on fire, dude. Like Bruce Fairburn, when I was in the studio there, Bruce Fairburn was doing Get a Grip. Amazing, big producer, yeah. yeah. Bruce is no longer with us, but yeah. uh, uh, but like that, that, that studio was doing like Aerosmith, ACDC with uh, uh, Mike Fraser and um, and then like Bon Jovi and, and, and Molly Crew and that era, you know, Poison, all those bands that were killing it back in that 80s era were just always in Vancouver. So by the time we got to Vancouver, it just started to kind of like a year later, it was 
that had you kind of, kind of were living in the Los Angeles, the Los and yeah, the cult as well. I know that Bob worked yeah. with them on uh, on uh, not after it was after Electric. It was the album after, Sonic Temple. Sonic Temple. You're right. Um, and Matt Matt Sorum did that tour. Yeah, that is true. The thing is, Canada Vancouver is sort of like the Los Angeles of Canada. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I, oh, I, it, it Toronto's the New York like, City, and then, is, and, yeah, then yeah. and then, and uh, then I would say Vancouver a little bit like the L.A. of it. It's um, like L.A. mixed with Seattle. I always say it kind of feels like because of the weather, you know what I mean? But absolutely, uh, absolutely. And, and and by the time I got to Vancouver, the Seattle impression was was massive because that alternative thing really started to kind of turn over by that point, and that and we became like Seattle Junior in a sense, you know. Yeah. Well, which That'll brings hang. us back to Bob Rock producing Veruca Salt, who you guys opened for at one of your bucket mm-hmm. list arenas. So you like the mm-hmm. way that all ties in like a nice little bow? That's huh? very good. Very Almost good. That's like why you did... scripted. <laughs> right now we're in the trenches. It's we no are, longer Todd Dammit Kearns talks to. No. But the other thing I was going to say to, to complete your thought, though, is we did an Ozzy Osbourne tour with Slash. And every everyone was like the San Jose Arena, a Nashville Arena. And it was so cool standing there playing because everyone has a Canadian flag, <laughs> an American flag and a Canadian flag. And we get up there and be like, you know, I wouldn't really think about it. And, and then every once in a while I get up for sound check and I go, oh, my God, I've watched this on TV a thousand yeah. times. Yeah. You, know, you just so you're in some state of exhaustion and jet lag. And then you get there and you're like, oh, wow, this is this is a trip, you know. So, yeah, I've, I've been very fortunate to, to do a bunch of that. There's still a number of them I'd like to do. But, uh, my, you know, we'll my see. bucket list uh, arena tour was fulfilled like. 10 times over by being able to be that, uh, getting on that Motley crew, Alice Cooper, <laughs> the Palomino club. Well, maybe in... it was the Palomino club. It was, that is a nice club. Do not disparage that club there. Vic, Men's please. Night out. It was With danger, danger. It was danger, danger. So good. They Except had to name it twice. Yeah. So, <laughs> so dangerous. They had the name. Twice. That's true. But you know, like when, when Alice Cooper, and again, you, you think you can not drop names, check this name drop. When we were doing the wait. Motley crew final tour with Alice Cooper, <laughs> And the Raskins opening up. Um, wow. Yeah, there you go. I'm dropping them all today. There's no prisoners. Look out. Um, the thing is, we got to play every arena that had a basketball team. So I, oh, every, wherever cool. we go, it would be, yeah. oh, man, we're in Houston. Oh, that's where the Rockets play. Oh, man, totally. we're, we're, we're in, you know, in, in Neapolis. Okay, that's where the Pacers play. And then, of course, totally. that was where I got to play Madison Square Garden. That was my first. And yeah, only I've never time. done Madison Square Gardens as a Kiss fan and all that kind of stuff. Like Madison Square Gardens is like you got to play there. Yeah, but I've never done it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I, I, have you have you done Staples Center as well? Have you? I, no, it did not. Here's the thing. Okay. Here's the little story about that. Because the way the tour routing uh, worked out, the last last show, well, the last last sort of supposedly contracted show of Motley Crue was supposed to be New Year's Eve at the Staples Center. And every New Year's Eve, Alice Cooper goes to Hawaii and we have like a little, like his, his manager, Shep Gordon puts on this Mm -hmm. big party. um, And we basically, is that in Kauai? It's in Maui, but it's in, yeah, it's in Maui and and Bob Rock is in the band actually. Oh wow. So there you go. But, uh, you know, Steven it, Tyler, does he Steven come Steven Tyler, I got to, so here's the, here's the, here's the trade-off. I really wanted to play uh, Staples Center. I really wanted to play, I really, really wanted to play LA Forum. I've never been able to, I've been to the LA Forum. I've, I've literally passed out at the Forum Club multiple times, <laughs> multiple times. I've, I've 
picked up on, I, I've asked Vanity for her home phone number in front of Nikki Six on the Girls, Girls, Girls Tour in the Los Angeles Forum Club. And I'm sure my <laughs> wife's going to listen to that and go, really? Did you did that? You did? <laughs> but yes, I did. I didn't get to play the LA Forum. So I was like, well, it because all the concerts shifted over to uh, Staples Center. Well, right. that one show we all went to Maui and the struts ended up opening that last uh, show for Motley Crue at Staples Center. So I've yet to play Staples Center, but that uh, New Year's Eve, I was able to play Walk This Way, Sweet Emotion, Jaded, and a number of other songs with bassist Chuck Garrick and Steven Steven Tyler. Wow. and, And honestly, Steven Tyler, I was, I was, uh, about maybe s- 10 inches away from like big 10 inches away from uh, <laughs> like that one. Uh, well done. Away from him. Playing. Toys in the attic. Yeah. He was playing um, dream on just him and a piano. And I was like wow. literally waiting to get on stage to play the other songs with him literally like a foot away. And it was like, he sang it spot on. So, so that, you know, the trade off was great. And I also got to play, um, Bob Seger's what's the song that Bob Seger does. Um, what just name any song. Probably I was going like, to say there's a, <laughs> there's a catalog that, of songs. Yeah. The old time rock and roll, you know, okay, yeah, where sure, the yeah. Scientologist does the crazy dance in the socks. That one. <laughs> A yeah. huge fan I don't think of that he was one. a Scientologist back then, but okay. Well. Was he? I don't know. He, I don't know. He, he was looking for something. You know, it, yeah. that dance. Is pa- a- he was looking for his pants, I think. In that, <laughs> it's a cry for help. But the, uh, the, the, we got to play the forum opening for Aerosmith, so that actually kind of was a bucket list for sure. Wow. And it wasn't long before that Michael Jackson had passed away and he'd done all those rehearsals there and all that kind of stuff, so it was like a, it had this kind of weird so you vibe did about play it, the but, forum. That's Yeah, so we did the forum, and it was like, you know, Jim Carrey was there. It's one of those, you know, that the L.A. thing is nuts. Jim you know? Carrey was at the at the New Year's Eve show. There well, you go. Maybe Jim Carrey's everywhere in our life and we and don't the know full it. Circle, the full circle is he's Canadian. So there's that. <laughs> maybe Jim Carrey's part of this podcast, this duo podcast yeah. right now. We don't he even know it. just pops up in the next scene and starts talking. <laughs> no, but but the kicker was I got to play uh, with, I got to play the Bob Seger song, Old Time Rock and Roll, with Linda Carter the you know wonder woman wonder woman the wonder woman with with steven tyler on drums amazing how how many times can you say steven tyler's on? i think you win i think you win everything well on uh, you know what here's here's the 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 icing on the cake or the salt on the caramel however you want to say it uh mick fleetwood i look over and i hear this percussion mick fleetwood's on percussion he just just kind of comes and sits down and does percussion so Come that's on. my biggest name drop story. That's going to be my sound bite. I'm out. Thanks, man. I, <laughs> yeah. what, was, what was my sound bite, sound bite about you? We we had a. I think it was something to do with Tim ba- Hortons at Bed Bath and Beyond. Bed Bath and Beyond. Bath and Beyond. There you go. Yeah, Always yeah. back to it. But I wanted to ask you. There you go. Bed Bath and Beyond. sponsor. Beyond. Wow. I wanted to ask you about like. So I didn't realize until I started looking at the actual dates. I know you've known Gilby all these years, but with with Candy and all that. L.A. in like, so you guys were doing gigs in like 83. First of all, you're a kid, obviously. Not so but, much, but that's, that's yeah, I'm, I'm not on that photo, but thank you, though, for. Uh, yeah, you're not even in that. Version. No, no, but it's OK. But but you can put it back up, Vic, because honestly, it's, it, 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 it didn't matter because at that time, the reason why I got into a, the band. There was a sale at the Burlington Coat Factory. <laughs> those leather coats went through. I was Johnny Bravo. I'm telling you, I'm the Johnny Bravo <laughs> of 
of Los Angeles for that because honestly, I looked exactly like that. Maybe not as good of a complexion as these guys because they look like little teen idols. But the thing is, I had the dyed black hair. I had all the, you know, I had all the accoutrements. I had all the uh, aesthetics. I had the black leather jacket from Burlington's. You're right. I think it was actually Wilson's House of Leather. I don't think. I don't think I could have afforded anything from Burlington. I think mine was probably either found or vintage store or whatever. Yeah. Because we all kind of the same thing. I was going to say, because you and I have, what I've always appreciated about you is I think that it, sorry to cut off your story. I'm sure it was going to be a way better story than I was going to talk about. It was not a good story. uh, Of course it was. There's no (laughs) bad stories, but no, I just think that the idea of like having a, a, a one foot in like rock and roll, hard rock, and then one foot in punk rock has always sort of been, the way I kind of like try to do my thing. So, so I always hear your imprint on things like say the eyes of Alice Cooper to me was sort of like a lot of, to me was a giant return to that sort of tour de force. Oh, that, that was one of my favorite albums of, oh, of, man, of that you, era. Man. Well, it was one because, of my favorite haircuts as well. One of my favorite hair gels that I ever used. That's funny. I don't remember you having that, but that this would have been post dreads, right? It was right after I cut off the dreads. So when you've had dreads for years, the minute, well, those are, yeah, um, those aren't dreads. Those are actually um, braids. I, I started yeah. I started out with the Bo Derek uh, vibe and then right. Carrie Kelly whispering sweet nothings into my ear on that photo, which, which if you guys notice on that album cover, you put it back, back out again, folks. That's a Dad's Porno Mag album. Um, we completely replicated the Rolling Stones black and blue album cover. 100%. Like, to, to, to the font and everything. So if you 100%. Look, yeah, I, I wish Vic could put out the whole entire fold out because it has Stefan Adik on there. Do you have that? No. Okay. Um, yes. Great lineup. Yeah. <laughs> I always ask record. Stefan. I always ask Vic. I'm sorry, our producer, for things that he can't just create, just to frustrate him. Uh, <laughs> there he is. He is with us. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. Jim Carrey. Now he's, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Jim Carrey. But sorry, I don't want to cut off your your because I was really very curious, mostly about with Candy and 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 of course into Electric Angels. What clubs are we talking about in 1983 in Los Angeles? Because this is like, by the time okay. I got to L.A., it was like 89, uh, something like that. Yeah. So it would have been like. It was a little bit later. I, I kind of was, was in candy right when, right at the beginning of the hair metal scene. I, I joined like in around 84, okay, so. 85. And, okay. um, but the club scene was, was a real cool eclectic scene in Los Angeles because you did have that punk rock vibe um but also you had a very rock and roll vibe that was starting to form you know you had that right. whiskey a go-go you had the, the the roxy that were those staple and the troubadour that were staple rock clubs but then you had all these mm-hmm. alternative clubs like scream dale gloria was a promoter right. at, yeah, yeah. at scream or, or janice um that would do uh english acid and um right. we would play at these you know basically any there would be like five bands that had your haircut and 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 diaphanous complexion <laughs> and candy you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. or electric yeah. angels and and electric angels had a little bit more scarves we got definitely more velvety and scarves after we uh, went over the gypsy to- rock well, yeah, but see, we yeah. were early on it because we yeah. made our album in London and we were able to go to London and, and sort of catch the fashion trend before that. But, you know, back in L.A., we, like you said, this whole um, synergy of punk rock and rock and roll. And don't forget straight up pop 
Because growing yeah, up, yeah, yeah. growing up Absolutely, for me yeah. in Northern California, I listened to like AM radio that was straight ahead pop, and and I would listen to ABBA or I would listen to the Bee Gees right next to Aerosmith and Cheap Trick. So I'm not sure if it was the same sort of situation for you in Canada if you had that those sort of influence, but I think you did because I definitely hear some pop overtones to your punk rock and and sort of straight well, one, ahead rock. One thousand percent. I think that is I mean I know I know that one thousand is not a doesn't work in the percentile game, but <laughs> um but the uh, no I either does hundred and ten percent. I'm giving it a hundred and ten percent. You can't even use that. Back to sports but no, references. I, to, to this day I'll go back and listen to you know, get the knack or oh. any of those sort of like oh, oh, those... get the knack. That's so it's such an underrated album. It's one of it my is. favorite albums, folks. If you're listening to this right now, actually, if you're listening, you're watching me. Sure, just subscribe first. That's what I want you to do. But then afterwards, after not 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 afterwards, because I want you to watch till the end. But uh, <laughs> but at one point in your evening or, or morning or late night, Day. you know, sort of yeah. Tim Hortons binge that you're on right now. I want you to go listen to Get the Knack because that first album, Get the Knack, who's the drummer on that album? Because it's such an uh, amazing. Bruce, dude, he's he's the most underrated drummer. Ainsley, is there's a there's a new. Okay. Uh, you know what? If there was only a machine that might have these kind of I answers. I don't let's look. know how to find this information <laughs> out. <laughs> I should know this. I think it's Bruce. Uh, I, I, I He's. Such I a mean, great drummer. Mike Chapman, Mike Chapman uh, did those records. I think he did like Blondie and a bunch of records like that. So Mike it, Chapman it, so, produced the suite. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so he was like a very underrated, not, not underrated at all at the time. But when I go back and I listen to my favorite records, I always go, damn, I forgot how like great this sounds. Yeah. And a lot of those bands kind of got, because by the time rock and roll, like hard rock came in and everybody wanted it to be louder and faster, we kind of like moved further away from the sort of pop elements that we kind of grew up and loved. Yeah, I still find myself like, you know, busting out some vinyl and putting on, uh, you know, one of those records of being like, like you say, the Bee Gees, ABBA, bands like that. The guitar solo on my show was epic. Dude, thank you, Roger, uh, because I've been I've been spending time on this tutorial on YouTube with this guy showing me this, you know, that long solo. Yeah, the unedited version. And I've been just kind of like, it's the kind of guitar solos that I like are these ones that are like a thought out. It's not just kind of like a... They tell a story, right? It really goes somewhere, you know? I mean, I'm not... I really was obsessed during this time. I went through this whole period of going over Neil Giraldo guitar solos, which oh, I think he's... Are you kidding yeah. me? He, you know that, he, that Neil's one of my favorite guitar... If I say my, my favorite guitar players of all time, obviously Brian May is is, is always gets the number 100%. one accolades. Yeah, yeah. But then I go, yeah. I go for... Parts guys. I go for guys that write great parts. And I'm talking, uh, obviously, Rick Nielsen. I love Steve. Oh, Steve, Steve yeah. Stevens writes great parts. But Neil Giraldo is always in my Neil Giraldo and Elliot Easton from the cars. Elliot two, Easton. Two of my favorite guys. Right. It's funny because Slash, when you know Slash, he's such a <laughs> like, you know, Slash. Such, yeah. When you know Slash, <laughs> like I know Slash. But, but I mean, like, you know, I just live with the guy for the past 10 years and it's sort of like his window of like, he doesn't really open up a lot. Like he doesn't really kind of like go, you know what? I really liked, uh, you know, like he would never have a conversation about ABBA or Bee Gees. It would just be like, he just wouldn't get involved in that. He wouldn't really, it wouldn't like, we could talk about it around him, but he would never go like that one song was great. He just wouldn't. But one day he just kind of busted out 
the elusive second Mac album is also a very but good. But the little girls underrated. understand. But the, I, I know, yeah. I know the album title. I, I know you couldn't release that record in 2020. Of course not. But but you know what? I had Kip Winger on Even the my podcast. Even Sharona, for that matter. Oh no, <laughs> Even the Beatles. Yeah. She was just 17. Well, she's underage. You're canceled. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what was I saying? You were talking about Something when about you when you know Slash oh, the way only you. Know oh Slash. yeah, yeah. No, it's funny because like out of nowhere one day he goes, you know, you know what album was really big for me? The first Cars album, and I went like, you know, it just seemed like. Yeah. But he goes, but then of course I go, well yeah, Elliot's like one of the badass, most badass guitar players there is. As far as like composition and chops, it's like country chops and stuff like that. It's nuts. It's like he's yeah. really underrated. <laughs> you know what's funny? After all these years. And I'm I'm gonna folks in the chat get ready for some name dropping. Um, here we go. I, here we go, boy. It's gonna be another round. But I got to I got to actually play a gig with Elliot Easton. I was so excited. I was a little bit nervous. I, but this and that. At the end of the day, it was a little bit. It was a little bit like hanging out with Larry David. He's a little Larry David of rock and roll I because love that. he was—he was like I you know—he was complaining a little bit about his back. He was like you know, it was like something. But you know, at the same time, when we did the gig together, because it was like it was for a benefit show, it was up in uh, in Seattle, and uh, wow, it was uh, who's uh, who's t- t- Taylor Taylor Hawkins. Oh, sure, he was yeah. playing Good drums time, on sure. it, and a, a, a bunch of like rad ass musicians where everyone was coming from this, there and that we had a jam the night before. And I just remember Elliot and he was just like, so spot on and all those little parts, all those little intricacies. Yeah. If you can play the way that he does clean in, cause he does it with a really clean tone. That's oh, yeah, like more totally. impressive. And g- getting back to the, the guitarist in the knack and that solo of my Sharona, that's a relatively clean tone that he plays that it is, memorable yeah. solo out of. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I got well, That's why, like, when you go to Nashville or something like that and you watch guys, just guys randomly on Main Street or on Broadway there, they'll just be like playing in some corner like restaurant and you'll just have your mind blown by the guitar player. Like, who is this guy? And he's what playing is this, for tips. What is this Nashville you speak of? Nashville. <laughs> Nashville. Yeah. All I know is I'm not qualified to live there or play there. So I, I just kind of you like, have to definitely have a GIT uh, degree at this point to uh, it's something. I think that those those are some of those guys are guys who've been sitting on a pork on a porch playing with their family. And you ever see those kind of bluegrass pork, type folks? Probably eating pork. Or eating pork, <laughs> probably eating pork yeah. There he is. There he is. That'd be the, 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 the father of the family. They're just kind of like, hold down. Okay. But I watch these guys like, you know, like people like playing banjo and mandolin and stuff like that. And they just throw down and you're like, this is no joke. Like it's but I, I've always been more impressed by like that sort of that sort of virtuosity that has sort of like, a, you know, a well thought out beginning, middle and end as opposed to a just, you know, it's in the key of A and some guy just got blows his load on, uh, you know, and just with a whammy bar and everything else. It's kind of like eh, it's cool, but it just never really speaks to me the same way. Uh, well, I'm I'm gonna the the, seg, the perfect segue that you made into this, Todd Dammit Kearns, is that uh, well, it was the whole leading into uh, Slash, you know, reading, oh, okay. leading into how you know Slash and, and the Elliot Eason. I will tell my Slash story, and, and this is how I got a free flying V. I want to bet from Slash, uh-huh. and I want to bet because. For some reason, when we, were, when we were recording for Snake Pit, we'd meet there every day at, at his place. And he came down one day and he said, you know, Roxy, I was talking about somebody, you know, a little bit earlier in a conversation as a guitarist. 
He actually didn't even say that. He goes, I was talking about somebody. If you can guess who it was, I will, uh, I'll, I'll get you a guitar. And I go, he goes, what kind of guitar do you want? I go, I want a Flying V because I didn't have a Flying V at that time. Sure, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I don't know. And I, I said, wait, wait a second. I need to know, wait, was it an actor or was it a musician? Because he goes, it was a guitarist. I'll give you that much. And for whatever reason, I don't know where it came from. I just said, Elliot Easton. And he looked at me. Oh my God, there he is. Great job, Vic. Amazing. Slash looked at me in the eye like he was unbelievable. And and, and his manager at the time, Tom Marr, was right there. He looked at Tom and he goes, did you fucking say anything? And and Tom goes, I said nothing. And and it literally came like one of those times where you just, a name comes out of the ethos and I just said, Elliot Easton. and, And he goes, it was Elliot Easton. So I wow. he, so so slash commissioned a guitar for me from a company called GMP that I was working with at the time. Yeah, they, sure. Yeah, they yeah. made a a, a uh, I don't know if we can even find a picture of it. It's a pretty crazy looking guitar. It was a Leopard Sparkle, a Leopard Spot Sparkle Flying V GMP. I think I played it somewhere on the uh, maybe that was the Brutal Planet tour or something like that. And that guitar is named Elliot. And I have it to this there day. There you go. So thank there you, you very go. much, Slash. I saw, I saw the Cars play like that weird version with Rundgren singing, Todd Rundgren. Yes, yes. I saw him here in Vegas, and it was uh, it was great. Like I said, it was amazing to watch Elliot play those parts was, was the thing I got off on. So I know that they've done an actual reunion with, uh, with uh, Rick since then, but uh, I never got to see that. I really wanted to see that. But uh, when you play as much as we do, we miss a lot of shows. Well... I mean, your experience, because that is, I mean, I, I could go through all the other bands, honestly, uh, Todd. I could go through Static and Stereo. You could tell me a lot of stories. I could go where we met through with Sin City Sinner, Sin City Sinners as well. Ooh, look at the haircut. Look at that, man. Good they want to make us a boy band. Well, you know what? Everyone had a hairstylist back then. Everyone, <laughs> everyone knew <laughs> a beautician. So This is easier. Is it? Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> yeah, man. You- People always say like, oh, isn't dreads your easy? No, having dreadlocks back for me in the year, you know, late, late 90s and early 2000s, it was the hardest haircut I've ever had. Dreads made that's, com- that's a commitment. 100%. It was a total yeah. commitment. It was, and- we, our drummer in the band had dreads and it was, it was a nightmare, I thought. Yeah. That's why I didn't get involved. I, I could go through more uh, Canadian classics like Michael Sweet that you played with. And um, you've always kind of, Vaseline. Well, that's Michael Sweet. That's Michael Sweet from Striper. Yeah. What? So I, I appeared in a, in a in a couple of his videos. Not not that long ago either. Actually, yeah. All right. Yeah. He. Yeah. I never played with Michael, but he he just randomly showed up one day and he calls me. He goes, I, I didn't really know Michael, so I just got a phone call from Michael Sweet going like, Hey man, I'm coming to Vegas. I'm shooting a video for this. A couple videos for this record I did. Would you be the bass player in the videos? And I'm like. Of course, you know, I'd love to. I love Striper and all that kind of stuff. And he's, he's a wonderful man. So he, uh, he just shows up and I played on it. And it was kind of fun, yeah. Very cool. So it's not it's not some random Canadian Michael Sweet. I don't know if there is a Canadian Michael Sweet. There you know, is. I thought it was. Okay, I had oh, done okay. the whole, re- I I had done wrong, a whole yeah. expose on Michael Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Folks in the chat, wait till next week. I'll have a great... <laughs> Born in Moose Jaw. Our guest yeah. will our guest will be Michael Sweet <laughs> on the In the Trenches podcast. But yes, for, so those of you listening on Apple or uh, Spotify or any of the other uh, 
audio platforms. You can make your way on over to YouTube Live or Facebook Live because we are hanging out with, of course, Mr. Todd Kearns of our main event right now because this will be the main event. We are here to talk about uh, your connection, your sort of involvement, and how it came to be part of this band slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. I'm going to break that down in another segment that I have, but I just want to know how did you get in the band initially? Did it have something to do with your uh, fellow Canadian friend and drummer and guitar player and bass player I've seen, uh, Brent Fitz. And dancer choreographer. <laughs> Brent Fitz. Did, did Brent <laughs> yeah. re- reel you into the team, or how did the whole experience with Slash uh, getting yeah. in, into the That's herd? pretty much exactly how it happened. I, I was... I had a band here in town. Again, none of my my my. Uh, look at these characters. Look at that band. Look at that. Looks like you know. I bet you we could break into a mean like uh, dance dance of like you know. When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way from your first cigarette. Hey guys, you can uh, wear so- any color you want as long as it's black. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it it makes laundry day a lot easier for uh, on the road. Um, but uh, yeah, I was playing around town. I was doing, I was doing just fine. I was, you know, really enjoying myself. Sleeping in the same bed every every night was nice. I wasn't on the road. I was just living in Vegas, playing in a in a house band and, and jamming with everybody. And that would be Sin really, City Sitters, right? That was the Sinners, and we were doing really well. And and like you know, I was buying a house and being a grown up, and kind of like there was a part of me that wasn't hadn't really given up on the idea of traveling or whatever. Oh my God, look at these characters. There's Brent. <laughs> and uh and we uh we just decided to uh you know we just i just loved playing and 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 jam with all these cool people and then out of nowhere fitz calls me and goes uh i was actually look it's it's a funny story because my father was here i was looking at a house and my father decided he came down because he's a grown-up and i'm an idiot so i was like i'm gonna buy a house but i don't know what the hell i'm doing so he comes down and, and he's a you know uh a, a grown ass man from Canada and he's a fish out of water in Las Vegas, but he's one of those kind of fish out of water. That doesn't matter. He's like a hundred percent comfortable wherever he is and will engage with the, with the waiter for 20 minutes about whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I was just sitting at a Chili's after we looked at this house that I eventually bought and um, my phone rings and I pick it up and it's Brent Fitz and he goes, Hey, can you, uh, you want to come jam tomorrow at mates, you know, Mates rehearsal LA. in Los Angeles where dreams come true. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's where I got my, that's where uh, I got the Alice Cooper gig. It was I, mates. I like that yeah. in, in your, in your, uh, in your Wikipedia, there's a, there's a mention of Bobby from mates. Bobby from I mates. There it is. Giggle at. Yeah. So, but, um, so the next day I was kind of like, yeah. And I, I was like literally a part of Slim Jim Phantom, George Lynch, uh, uh Sylvain Sylvain, you know, anybody who came to town and be like, boom, let's go play. And I, I really sort of was, got a, got a, a name for being the guy of just get taught. He knows all those songs. It's kind of like, it was kind of a not true. Like it was like, there were certain things like the New York mm. dolls and, 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 and stuff like that. I did. I knew all those songs, but then it was like, George Lynch is coming to town. It's kind of like, okay, well I'll sing. <laughs> I'm not playing guitar with that guy. He's playing the guitar parts. Right. You know, so that kind of thing. You're saying you might've been, you, you were the Eric Dover of the LV of Las Vegas because Eric That's Dover was that guy. That's we nabbed him for, for Glam Nation and eventually Alice Cooper because 
not just because he's such a great vocalist in the first version of Slash's Snake Pit, not just because of his great work with Jellyfish and, and, and everything that he's done with his solo stuff as well, but, I mean, he also knew all the words to every Bowie, Sweet, T-Rex it's, song imaginable. So, It's bananas. And honestly, back, you know, Eric was one of a, a very early guest for us. Oh, wow. And we brought him there. Like a, <laughs> there there's a Glam picture of Eric Dover, right? That, that, is a, that is a version of Glam Nation right now. The two guys in front, I think, are radio contest winners. But uh, I'm sure they're probably very big entrepreneurs. The guy in the back with his tongue out, I don't know who he is. I know that that's uh, Eric Singer on the left. And, of course, there it is. Look at that. The, and Teddy Zigzag. That's, I thought that was EJ back there. No, no, that's actually Stefan in the back. He's flipping oh, people off. He's oh, there he is. Yeah, he's okay. from Brooklyn. He's pretending that he's like, you know, flipping people off in England, but he's, you know, from Britain. He's of from course, Brooklyn. yeah. That's the English style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then there's Teddy Zigzag in that photo. So anyhow, I, I do want to hear how this, so, yeah. this rehearsal just, at Mates transforms uh, into a gig. I just got the call to come down and jam. And it really was sort of like, you know, Fitz is a funny guy that way. Cause they already had somebody, they had a guy and there was like a lineup. He like, like, like a few weeks earlier had sent me a, a text. Uh, and it just said, all it said was Slash's new drummer is from Winnipeg. <laughs> and I, I laughed my head off cause he's from Winnipeg, Canada. Yeah. And I go, no way. That's awesome. But I was like, I would never was there a part of me that goes, can I be in the gig? Can I, is there a place for me? You know, I'm not that kind of guy. I was just sort of like, that's awesome. Good for you. And then I had to go off and learn, you know, wasp songs for a Steve Riley jam or something, <laughs> whatever the hell I was doing. And then, um, and then, uh, so we get, I get the call and I, I just, I looked at my father across the table cause my father was with me at the Chili's and I go, you, uh, you up for a trip to Los Angeles tomorrow? And he goes, I've never been to Los Angeles. And I go, that was decision enough. You know, I had to kind of, okay. So it was funny. I want to be friends with your dad all all of a sudden. I I mean, right out out of the gate when your dad says, when you want to take your dad on your, on a band audition, that's cool. It was, well, it didn't, didn't, that's the thing is it didn't feel like an audition. It just felt like come jam. Like it was very sort of put to me as like, and I know how, how Fitz operates. It was kind of like once they see Todd and and realize that it's in his DNA, you know, because I think it's, it's something to be said about showing up at an Alice Cooper uh, audition it's kind of like if your guys like me and you, it's sort of like that's already in the DNA. Like I grew up on, I was a kid staring at the back of Billion Dollar Babies. I was terrified by that image of the <laughs> band back then. I remember thinking like, like there, I've never seen so much hair in my life. Like you were used to long haired guys, but Neil Smith and all those guys. Were, yeah. the? So, but I mean, like, so, so the Appetite album especially is just like, I could sing you every song. I'll play all the guitar parts. I'll play the bass parts. I could probably play the drums, even though I'm not a great drummer. I just, one of those records that I just took in and just, it became religion from beginning to end. At Use Your Illusions was so much more vast and so much more going on that, you know, I kind of pick and choose what I, what I kind of know. So when I went into the audition, audition, Yeah. yeah. When I went into the audition, I was sort of like, I didn't listen to anything. I didn't like go over anything. I just literally got in the car with my dad at like eight in the morning. So I was going to meet them at noon, drove into LA, plugged in a P bass and just played night train. I, I, all I feel like I, all I remember playing was night train and going like, and then like, it was sort of like slash going, okay. So um, like, it was never sort of like a, welcome to the band. Here's your gold watch or like, it was kind of like, it's like, so it this is what like, we're going to do next. <laughs> it was just sort of like, like next week we're doing Jay Leno, the Tonight Show, you know, all these different. And I was like, whoa, whoa. You know, meanwhile, I had a very full 
dance card in Los An- in Las Vegas. You know, it was yeah. like that. I had a whole world going on here. I have the so guys was- in Dawkins coming here, and I have to learn. <laughs> <laughs> Mick Brown's is going to kick my ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I, I had to, uh, you know, that was kind of that was kind of a, a heartbreaker for me. It was just kind of like, oh, I feel terrible. But like literally a week later, it was like Leno and blah blah. Hey, more black, there more black. Hey, man. And the and the but cool Johnny thing Ramon is, T-shirt I'm wearing there. If you could see that, like I think that three fifths of the current lineup of the Slash Band all does live in Vegas, right? Yeah. Because yeah. Frank, the, the, the other, the, 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 uh, other guitarist in, in the band, um, I've known Frank since he was a kid. I really yeah. have. I yeah. literally a kid. And, and now he's like a grown man rocker and he's a I mean, bonafide rock star. Oh man. It, 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 I remember watching you guys. I saw you, um, at some sort of Swedish radio thing out here in Stockholm. Yeah. And I, I, I saw the concert I was really impressed with your uh, punk rock version of what you did. A, you did a cover, a couple covers. You sang a cover. Uh, you, you fronted it for a little bit because Miles took a little. I bit usually of a break. do. Well, there's because Slash put up in 2010. The album that I joined to to promote was a uh, had uh, multiple different vocalists, kind of like the Santana move. But I, I usually do the Lenny one and the Iggy Pop one. It was the Iggy We're Pop track. Die. Yes, yeah. that was great. Yeah. But then the band broke into the an, a song off the album that I recorded called "Ain't Life Grand" with yeah, Slash. Yeah. You did "Serial Killer" off that song, yeah, off that yeah. album, and I was like, "Ah, oh, this is the this is so surreal to hear a, a song that I remember tracking that. I remember all the different versions that went into finding that album, and I don't know if Vic has the album cover of "Ain't Life Grand," but it was a a really special Ooh, album for me. Surprised. Well, you never it's know. Coming. He's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I gave him the perfect segue. I like so I threw up a softball. I literally <laughs> threw up a softball for Vic, and he's not doesn't have. I know that he has. He definitely has yeah. the, the album You're cover get the somewhere. Don't be a dick sign. In yeah, second. I know. I know it's coming. But you know what? Yeah, no, he, that was actually that was actually really fun because we. There you go. Boom. <laughs> Well, right. I we don't need to see it. I, get it off, please. Get it off. <laughs> I forget the name of that artist, but uh, the the the. The painting is is it's it's a real trip that you're like in that uh, the artist escapes me, but it's it's a it's he's amazing. a famous artist. And I think someone yeah. in the chat will have that name real quick. Now um, that's Matt Log and Johnny Caparic on that. Is yeah, that it, it? It, there's some pictures of that early lineup that we have. I want to show Vic has that because um, at one point, folks, you are going to see me shirtless. You're going to see me and Shas slash both shirtless, which is quite a quite a you know. Not bad. A distinct shirt allergy is, was going around. This is a that picture time. that was just taken in 2020. Um, this is both of us that I think is last month. Was it Vic that you just got that? No, might have been a little bit earlier than last month, but uh, wow, <laughs> maybe for the quarantine. But uh, then there was another shot of us inside with the, with now now this shot kind of typifies what we spent the years playing with. Uh, Where is with that? That's in, uh, I believe that's at Sunset Sound or it might sure. be the China Club. One or the other. Um, I'm I'm doing, can we go back to that picture real quick, Vic? Thanks. And uh, obviously you can tell the year it was because for all of us, we're wearing backwards baseball caps. At one point it was <laughs> cool to wear backwards baseball caps. Somewhere it, it, they, they did twi- twist around the front. And that's the thing where your dad would be like, uh, you know the visor is to keep the sun under your eyes right <laughs> that's me on it's the left thing. and that's uh mr johnny grapark who's actually uh h- hanging out in sweden these days he's from sweden amazing bass really? player yes 
Yeah, oh, he's a monster, yeah. Shopping. And this is one of the uh, one of my favorite vocalists I've ever worked with ever. One of the most tremendous voices yeah. is Rod Jackson right there. And if you can see there, Rod Jackson's wearing what we call the Canadian tuxedo. Well, <laughs> is it Canadian? <laughs> it's all denim. denim. A full denim. denim. Well, obviously he would not uh, he would not be able to fit into uh, Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators uh, photo shoot because it wasn't black denim. Well, yeah, I, I don't think that's a. It's not a really a mandate like plan or anything. It's just sort of like. Really, show me another photo. Show me another publicity <laughs> shot. I guarantee you, you'll all be in black. Well, I, I, I guarantee you. Well, what, what are you I, wearing right yeah. now? You're wearing black. I think it's yeah. a Barbados. Ah, look at that. Oh, there's two. That, also that's two. Okay, that's I, I want. Well, it's that's overflow. I do want to get into Took a bit because that is your. Uh, it's one of your newer. But there's projects. a blonde guy. See, there's a blonde guy in the okay. band. That was a. Okay. Yeah, that was a real transition. Well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, that was actually kind of the fun. One of the most fun things about the earlier version of playing with the Slash Band is, is we. You know, it was the first time Slash had really kind of set, you know, consciously set out to go. You know, I want to play Guns. I want to play uh, Snake Pit. I want to play Velvet. Nice. And, and then, and then we were supporting all the stuff from that that 2010 solo album with multiple vocalists and Miles, obviously came in to carry those and sang everything else. But so it was really interesting for us for, for several years, we would go digging way into ain't life grand and five o'clock somewhere and really, you know, like serial killer and uh, all those songs. It was, it was really fun to dig into those because a lot of them, you can't I find them on, on, it's really hard to find them on uh, Spotify. Cause it comes, it comes yeah. and goes those albums. They, you know, like yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll feature them for like maybe six months and then, then it'll go away. So for those of you, I mean, obviously YouTube, you can get, maybe there's some high res version somewhere, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, go download those are, if you can those find Those are great it. records. Yeah. Great records. Yeah. But what album was it that you came into when you jumped into the band because you immediately started recording an album. Uh, well, no, we, we did in 2010, I joined, we were supporting that solo album that he'd done with all the multiple vocalists, which was crazy. Cause you know, th- that immediately turned into, we're going to be doing the golden gods awards and Lemmy's coming down to jam. And you're like, what Lemmy? Like I was, I was not really there. Uh, yeah. Pff, that's still like, you know, heavy for me. That's, and, uh, that's you know, that bass that I'm playing right there, that bass in that picture, let yeah. me sign that. Let me sign that base. I eventually had to retire it because I started rubbing the the <laughs> rubbing the autograph off, so I just put it away. Um, but you know, it was like we're doing the Golden Gods Awards, and, and Dave Grohl's going to play, and, and just you know, and you know how it is. Alice is getting up. Alice Cooper's singing with us. Rick Nielsen's going to get up with us, and it was just kind of like this. It was too. It was it was so surreal for me to just kind of like suddenly find myself just kind of like, you know, in this world where I was kind of like. You know, I was perfectly a year earlier. I was perfectly happy being in Las Vegas, playing my friends, and you know, and 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 eating late night at the Pepper Mill on 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 the Strip, and then going home. You know, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, you know, living in that world. And um, but then by 2012, we decided to record in classic Slash fashion. We're just sort of backstage, and he's going through his wardrobe case or whatever, and he just kind of casually says, like beside me, like I'm not even standing in front of him. He just sort of says, "So I think we're going to do the new record with the band," and I go like us and he goes yeah i go oh okay and that was sort of the end of the conversation Perfect. he's not he's not big on exposition or any, any sort of like it's sort of like and i go oh cool and the next thing i know we're in hollywood recording a full record and in, in 2012 and then we do in 2014 and then in 2017 i guess the uh last one came out so yeah it's you know it's it's 
that was it's been bad I, records I, ever I, since then yeah I, I started playing with slash in april march april of 2010 so that's over 10 years ago so, so it's what, bizarre what war what rogue case or wardrobe case was it because i want to get alice the same one so he'll say the same thing <laughs> to us because yeah i <laughs> I think this lineup should do a an Alice Cooper uh, lineup. I can't album. believe that hasn't been discussed as well, strong as as the lineup is. We've we've done plenty of live recordings, yeah, and I love it, and, yeah. and it's it's cool. Yeah. But uh, you know, then he goes and, and, and him and Bob go and, and and they're doing this. It's really cool. It's a, it's a, the newest is a Detroit driven musicians, and so it's got a whole Detroit stories to it. That's, oh, wow. It's very cool concept, but you know, hey, I love the concept, but just. I want to play guitar on it too. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so find me that rogue case that you can, you know, so that whatever that mojo is in the rogue case, or maybe it's, you know, who it was, maybe it was Jim Carrey. Maybe he was hanging around the spirit of Jim Carrey. The spirit of Jim Carrey. He was around. There. Exactly. There he is. There He's he always is. there. There he is. <laughs> That's what you call it, a, a comeback, you know, in the comedian world, right? Something like, I have to ask you about that too, though, because what? as fascinated as I am, like, you know, First of all, I'm fascinated by the transition. I'm always fascinated by the, the New York versus Los Angeles conversation. Yep. But for fear of not getting time to get into that. Well, there's going to be so, a part two, by the way. This, is, this podcast, this duo podcast that we're doing. Just, this will just stop and then we'll just be talking for another two hours after this. <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm saying I've already planted the seed in my head and I think Vic's head and hopefully the chat's head. that th- There will be a part two of us talking because honestly, we, we'll wrap it up because, you know, there's only so much you can digest because we're shooting everywhere. <laughs> right. We're kind of like an old Western. Yeah. We're just coming in like Yosemite <laughs> Sam, like bing, bing, yeah. bing, bing, bing. Yeah. But uh, sports, yeah, uh, yeah we just been bouncing. Around Don't forget here. Tim Hortons. But uh, t- yeah. t- talk to me what you were saying about this New York, uh, Los Angeles difference. Well, I mean, because the weird thing for us in in my my early band age of electric, we were from Saskatchewan, Canada, the Midwest. Essentially, we moved to Vancouver. That's static and stereo. Close. It's the other picture. <laughs> But there you, go. there you go. There's 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 one from the reunion tour That's 2017. The reunion. There you go. Look at how happy we look to be taking a picture. Oh man. It's like a There's one guy I, that looks like he's in Slash's band and the other guys are he's like, "Wait, did anyone get the memo that it's an all black photo shoot?" <laughs> Our drummer Kurt always looks like he's selling a farm equipment or something. Oh, John Deere. Yeah, he's like, I, I yeah, bought exactly. I think I bought my yeah. my last bulldozer from him. Yeah. <laughs> Close enough. But he uh uh, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. So we got signed out of New York, which was crazy. Mercury Records back in, in the 90s. Yeah. The 90s. Perfect. The last great vestige of, of being signed to a record label. Yeah. Um, so we did. Uh, so my, my fascination, because my own experience of going to New York is basically like a kid with a piece of straw hanging out of his mouth, just going into <laughs> Manhattan. Like, what? I'm from Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah, What's I, all like, this New York City? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you sure got a lot of Taco Bells around you. Like, and, but I, we'd already been to Los Angeles, too. So we'd had these experiences. But my interest, because you actually like put down roots in New York. I, I lived there I, for uh, between four and five. I, I would never say I put down roots because I, I was always subletting from month to month. So it was still be, how long like, were you there? I peed in a lot of different toilets in New York. How about that? You know, and, how long were you there though? I was there from the late eighties to early nineties. So, so collectively that's four roots. and a half, yeah, that's four and a half I mean, years. It was an experience. I, I say everyone should live in New York city once in their I lifetime. Love to, yeah. You know, I, I came there with, with 
honestly a milk carton. I remember what I had. I had all my possessions in one of those milk crates, not a milk carton. What, what year? What year did you get there? Um, I got there in '88, I believe it was. Oh, dude, it's that's a totally different New York. Yeah. Well, people were walking around. Uh, you could still walk around with a beer as long as you as long as you brown bagged it. As long as you you bought the beer at a bodega, they would call it. But uh, I'm sure that's yeah. probably some sort of disparaging term now that I can't say. Um, but uh, you, uh, yeah, who knows? News but, to me. But but you'd buy a beer. You they put it. They say, would you like to brown bag it? You brown bag it. You could open. You could walk all around the city. Um, I went from there with nothing. I remember it was like one of those plastic milk crates. All my possessions. Got a record deal, Atlantic, publishing deal, money, living everywhere, subletting, you know, this and that, enjoying the city as much as you could, being on a band, you know, having the only success we had with our album, we created ourselves, we toured in a van, again, Danger Danger, uh, and Hurricane, yeah, yeah, sure, those yeah. tours, till the end where I went to the ATM I plugged it in. Said you cannot. You your minimum uh, withdrawal is twenty dollars. You have insufficient funds. So I had ten dollars and eighty eight cents when I left the city, which was ten dollars and eighty cent eighty eight cents more than when I left when I came there. So, wow. So there you go. So I were, came you there living, with nothing, were you living? Were you living nothing? In Manhattan, were you mostly kind of living? Literally, okay. We first moved because our uh, bass player Jonathan had a family connection to a house that we could get super cheap. We had to pay rent, but it was a, it was better than anything you could find. Sure, and it was in a place called Long Island City. It was in Queens, and oh, na- okay. now yeah. Long Island City is considered part of the new the new Brooklyn. So it's uh, gentrified. Yeah, it's uh, really gentrified over there now. Yeah. That's one of those words that I don't really know what it means, but thank you for saying it. I don't know. It's 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 more expensive than it would have been back then, basically. Thank right? you for giving yeah. me the uh, Ryan Roxy version. <laughs> I mean, it, it, they've, they've, it, it's it's fascinating to me because, like, I same thing. We was first going to New York City back then. I would play CBGBs, and just recently, I played I played a solo show at the Bowery Electric, nice. and I was and and I went and we ate in some restaurant. And at, it, the restaurant was somewhere around, you know, it was somewhere around CBG, but I can't remember exactly where it was. And I remember th- sitting in that very building. And as I was getting ready to cut into my meal, I thought to myself, dude, I walked by this building a thousand times. This was a scary, derelict building back yeah. then. You know what I mean? And, so and it's now, like, now it's so, almost unaffordable. Dude, it's like, it's fascinating to walk around the Bowery and see like beautiful restaurants with patios and coffee shops and go, there was a time we'd walk in, we'd be afraid to park our van because we thought for sure we're gonna we're not gonna never gonna see it again. You know what I mean? It's so funny because the first week that we or no actually we we managed to keep it for a month and a half. So we we actually were six weeks into our New York trip in Long Island City. We go out to to go for a gig and the van's gone. Because hundred percent. And and so yeah, we got our van stolen. So you were you had you were rightfully thinking those thoughts of but like, I found but I found that energy to be so exhilarating because I mean honestly like. I just recently heard somebody make uh, in in somewhere use the quote that you have to go where you can like find yourself and be yourself. You know what I mean? Like like living from small town Saskatchewan where having long hair was like you know you got crazy side eye no matter where you went just by having long hair. So so you know you'd go to like in this sort of like you know more reserved conservative world. I felt like going to places like Vancouver and Toronto and then eventually Los Angeles and New York and New Orleans and you know, and, 
and then you get to go to Amsterdam and all these kind of, you, you get to go over the, all over the world and realize that you're really boring compared to the people who are really like living on outside themselves in these places. So, so you kind of go, wow, you know, and that's why I went to New York and I just thought, wow, you could just be anything here. You could do whatever you paint yourself purple. No one's going to like look at you twice. And I, I love those kind of places. You just you know? heard it first. Todd Kearns relocating to Portland, Oregon next week. <laughs> yeah, you want danger? Yeah. You want lawlessness? There you go. Fine. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know if I want danger and lawlessness. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's uh, a Raider game, that actually. That's basically going scene. to <laughs> And then you cut the sleeve off that jacket you got at Burlington Factory. Just the that one guy could easily be in candy. Yeah, he could easily be. He totally. Yeah. I think. He, do you remember the band Babylon AD? They used to all look like that. Oh, yeah. 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 Of course, I remember I, Babylon. I have AD. a wealth of like Metal Edge magazine band knowledge. <laughs> Save it for part two, because <laughs> honestly, two. <laughs> there is going to be a part two, folks. This is our the first ever. Uh, duo podcast that's ever happened in the history of podcasts. That's why we are going over time. That's why we are having a great conversation because you are listening to In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Our guest is Todd Kearns and I am Todd Kearns guest on Todd Dammit Kearns Talks to dot 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 fill in the blank. Ryan Roxy. Exactly. I, I'm the blank. Yeah. There you go. You're the blank. I, I figure we better go real quick. What? Because because there is, like I said, would you like to be on part two? I mean, I don't care if it's a, you don't have to do a duo, but I'd love to have you on again. You may. I may never leave. Okay. I might just be sitting. I'll be just sitting here waiting for the call. <laughs> just stay there until the next time. Yeah, just like sitting here. Looking I'm still online. Um, <laughs> but thank you, folks, for being a part of it. And because you have been a part of it for so long, we will now do our segment called Let the People Speak. Because you've been in there having great conversations. You've been having great questions that you've been sort of spouting in. We have a few. There it is. Wow, wow, we have some animation that was happened right there. Thank you very much for that. This is going to be the most professional Todd Dammit Kearns talks to dot, uh, dot, dot. Thank you, Vic. Well, this is this is going to be one of those. This is one, going to be one of those major, major uh, head knockers uh, that gets solved. Unsolved mysteries at Tremont T fans. Where did Todd get his nickname? Damn it, from Tremonti fans. See, they're a big fan of Mark Tremonti and the band Tremonti. I love as well. Mark is an amazing dude, an amazing guitar player, and his band is killer. Um, the name, damn it, people are always confused by it, but it, it basically goes back to the punk rock days of when you would take John Lydon and he would be Johnny Rotten. And you just sort of, in Vancouver, it was Joey Shithead from DOA. Everybody had like a name and then somebody would just stick some kind of like something at the end of it to make it sound like a punk rock name. So Todd Dammit rhymes with an expletive. Uh, taking the Lord's name in vain. So we just kind of Toddzilla, Todd damn it. So it just became that kind of thing. When I moved to Vegas, what I found was the most, a very liberating thing. This is supposed to be a short answer, but it's not going to be. Uh, <laughs> it was fun to move to Vegas and, and, and having been Todd Kearns, who'd been in this thing and Canada and done all this stuff in Vegas and in the States, I was just some dude named Todd. So for whatever reason, Vinnie Paul, God rest his soul, from Pantera yes. and Hell Yeah and all that. He uh, he loved the name Todd Dammit. It'd be a, across a casino out here, Todd Dammit! And I'd be, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it really caught off the on. Tongue. Yeah, it does. yeah, yeah, yeah. He would just love it. He'd just scream. And people would say to him, now I saw Todd Kearns earlier. He'd have no idea who that is. No. He'd be like, I don't know who that is. No, no. But um, yeah, so we, we it just sort of stuck when I, when I it, it's always been around, but it sort of stuck when I came to Vegas. And then Slash just loves to do the, 
Todd motherfucking damn it. You know, he's just a whole long, he loves to kind of scratch yeah. your name out on stage. So. Nice, nice. Does, but does thank he, you. And, and you have your own little damn it logo right there. Right there. Right I see that. Logo. Yeah. The bad damn it. Yeah. Oh, the bad damn it. Well, at mm-hmm. Ray, at real Matt Launder. So uh, now I, I messed up Tremonti, but I hope didn't mess up at real Matt Launder. Um, what is something that you didn't anticipate about becoming a genuine rock gods? Um, the monthly fees. That's for me. <laughs> that, that for me was it. You know, <laughs> what, what, what is yours? Uh, I, I, I have a problem with the term genuine rock god, but uh, I'll accept it. I'll accept working musician, blue collar working musician. Okay. What's something that I didn't anticipate? <sighs> That's actually a really good question. It's like, I'll spend the next four hours on this. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I have I, a I pie know. graph. It's, I have a total chart yeah. and I have graphs that did. Yeah. No. <laughs> What did you? What did me. you not? Okay, so let, let's 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 uh, instead of rock gods because we don't want to be too egotistical, yeah, yeah. do we? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Let's let's say working musicians. What did you not anticipate getting into this business? I mean, I anticipated the travel because that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to travel the world and play the you know see the world playing music. That was one of my bucket list things to do. So I I I fulfilled that. I love that. I I, I embrace it. What didn't you expect? I'm with you on that because it's funny because I have friends that uh, they, they, they like to use the uh, like a lot of working musicians around Vegas have that sort of jazz mentality where they're kind of like, hey, man, I'll play music for free. You've got to pay me for all the other stuff, the travel, the airports, the, the all that kind of stuff. But I always kind of felt like I'm kind of OK with all of it. You know, what I mean, like I when, when you say that what I didn't anticipate, I think maybe I didn't anticipate that I would enjoy it this much, you know, in a funny way, like I expect there to be kind of a downside in a way. Like I really, I never feel like there is. The only downside is when pandemics happen, happen and we're suddenly not You're playing. Not doing you know? it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's and like, it's sort of, uh, it's not yeah, the small it, soap. I, I don't mind no, the small, yeah, the small yeah. soaps are great. The travel size, everything is great. Um, I mean, like, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, being away from your loved ones and all that stuff is, is never fun. It and, sucks. And it, it, but, but doesn't but it make it better when, it out, doesn't yeah. it make it better when you're back? You have to balance it out with the, you know, uh, I mean, because that's the thing about, about Slash is an animal when it comes to touring. Like he loves to just go and he loves buses. He loves stage. He loves the whole thing. He loves being in a dressing room. And and I think that, you know, so there are times where we've been away for three months and I'd be like, oh, you know, but I think if you could do it in, in a way that you can, you know, get home and sort of touch base and do all that kind of stuff, but it never lasts forever. And you know this as well. It's like touring cycles are touring cycles. And if you're, and if you're, if you're, you know, mature enough to kind of look at it as like, look, this is the block of time where I'm going to be away and then I'm, then I'll be home. And who knows for, because it's the music business, I don't know how long I'll be home for. And then you have times like this where you're like, well, I'm going to take full advantage of being home. I'm going to drive everybody crazy. They're going to be like, you go on the road now. You get out of the house. (laughs) When you say Slash is an animal when it comes to touring, hello, I've been playing with Alice on and off since 96. One year tour, 96, I joined his band even though I've been taking, you know, a few years off here, a few years off there. When I moved to Sweden, I actually wasn't in the band for five, six years. He's toured every single year except 2020 right now. So it's amazing. Yeah, it's I mean, cool. I, and that's, isn't that sort of the goal? Like that to me is like, I, I never really think of, I haven't really thought about retirement or anything like that in any way, shape or form until I see like, uh, you know, got older guys that, I, that I've been playing with off and on. And I go like, 
I'm totally cool with this. 65, 70 years old, still doing it. Hell yeah. I'll absolutely be doing it. I love your answer to that though. What, you know, what's the thing that you didn't expect that I'd enjoy it this much? <laughs> it would be this amazing. Cause it really it's is. Not, I agree with you that hundred percent. It's not to say that there aren't hard, tough things and that that flight's canceled and you're sitting in the airport way longer than you want it to be. And I'll, you know, that, that that's, but to me, it's kind of like, well, I, I have painted houses, you know, <laughs> I've dug ditches. I've done all the crappy jobs I could do. And they were infinitely worse than, oh, wow, the flight's canceled. I got to sit here and drink coffee for another two hours. It's like, give me what a What was your weirdest today. job? What is your, because what was your weirdest job that you remember doing before you were making uh, money playing music full time? I, oddly enough, like I've had a lot of interesting jobs. I, I ended up working in like, uh, Painting houses was a big one. My brother and I both sort of fell into that. Between tours, we'd come home and paint houses. And and uh, but I fell into this into the, into a job working at like halfway houses, like where, where they you know guys were in jail, right. and now they were like yeah, in halfway like home. halfway houses, and they would hire guys with tattoos. <laughs> wow. Hey, I know that guy. That's where I know him from. <laughs> but you know, they'd hire guys with tattoos and long hair because they thought I think they thought that oh, they'll be able to kind of identify with you know these kind of like I don't know rock and roll looking guys. I guess we kind of looked like maybe borderline criminal ourselves. I don't know. Um, and I, from that, I, I spun into like working with autistic kids and stuff like that, like just different in a weird, like healthcare. Not, it wasn't even, you're like a support worker. You're basically, your job is to kind of, you go to like a, a group home, you go, Hey, we're going to go down to the pool hall or whatever. And you go, or you'd go to the beach or you'd, you'd find outings to do. And and guys like me would somehow be responsible for these other <laughs> human beings. And uh, I don't That's think it was anything. That's actually rewarding. And, and you have a very, was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the jobs that you do, they're not weird in the sense you are actually, you did a really good, important thing. Me, in juxtaposition of that, I, as far as a weird job, one of my jobs was passing out porno mags in downtown Wall Street <laughs> in the late 80s. 1980, wow. 89, 90 to be exact, uh, brown paper bag. Do you uh, get a W-2 form for that or what's I, your No, tax? I got 50 bucks <laughs> and Chinese food and it was my buddy Alex Richter hey. from Hard and Fast that paid for me and, and, and I got to stay in his apartment on uh, 23rd and 3rd for about two or three months because he Amazing. was a big electric angels fan. So uh, that's a rock and roll soul. job. That's it was a very is, rock yeah. and roll job, but it didn't have the same, uh, I guess, heartwarming accolades that perhaps some of you working with the homeless and working with autistic children. Mine was a little I, bit different there. There, there you are. are. Could have been me just, you know, the only thing missing is a uh, porno mag and a paper sack. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, you know what? I, I telling you, Todd, I, there will be a part two for this because there's so many more things I want to get into, but I do want to cover, um, I do want to cover one little quick segment called never let the truth get in the way of a good story because it's something that Alice Cooper is famous for saying. He says it for me, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. So it's either basically dispelling rumors, myths, or controversies surrounding the artist, being that you are my artist today um, and you are on In the Trenches as I am in on your podcast. I have one question for you uh, about this. How did and what were the political ramifications of the oh, final... Name titling of slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Love Conspirators, or was it? 
Was, it, was there a longer name at one point, or how did it get to be that way? What were all the like bureaucracy, the loopholes that had to be, you know, solved? How did it come about? It's funny that you because it's it's it is a ridiculously long name, but when you kind of watched it kind of happen, it, it didn't seem as weird. It doesn't Whiskey roll off the tongue like it doesn't roll off the tongue like Todd Dammit. Yeah, it's true. I see a theme, but it's it doesn't roll off the tongue tongue like Todd Dammit. You know, it's been reduced down to SMKC, but um, it started as you know, obviously Slash. We he did a solo album, so when we went out on that first tour, Miles Kennedy from Alter Bridge, it became Slash featuring Miles Kennedy. And then, and Slash was always big on naming the band. And I was always kind of like, I, I, it feels like Slash featuring Miles Kennedy feels like we're just the other guys. I, that's, I'm okay. perfectly okay with that. I don't have an ego about it. But he was like really big on naming the band. And we were recording uh, Apocalyptic Love in 2012. And we would sit and watch these um, uh, History Channel, He Loves the World War II documentaries. And uh, that's a, that's and a just, big, that's a big switch from when Slash, when I, played with him the only thing on was the cooking channel that's what <laughs> wow he's still like that too. it was literally stuff, the yeah. cooking channel and the uh bill clinton uh blue dress hearings the, oh, the congress sure. well yeah yeah that was on every channel back then yeah it was um <laughs> it, 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 it was uh, but he he kind of came across the collaborators there was a uh, uh one of the one of the the documentaries I believe that's where this is from was, was called the collaborators. Okay. And he loved that. He goes, cause we're, you guys, we collaborate, we make music, we, yeah. we, we collaborate up to bed. And, you know, and I, I remember it didn't really quite roll off. Like I imagine seeing like the conspirators, I kind of imagined being a band that was playing at like CBGB's back in the, in the seventies. Right. I could see that. Um, but the the collaborators. Dick, featuring Dick Manitoba or something like Dick that. Dick Manitoba. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The collaborators didn't quite have the same ring to it, but I sort of, I sort of went, I was kind of, I thought it was cool that he wanted to give it a name anyway. And then like a, a couple of days later, I remember watching on the scroll of like, of like upcoming uh, stuff. There was a, a world war two documentary called the conspirators. So I thought I said, now that's a cool name and slash in classic form. He never says like, yeah, we should do that. He kind of goes, Hmm. And then, you know, or hear a word about it until a week later, he goes like, <laughs> until it's on the album cover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He goes, I think we should call the band the conspirators. Yeah. So that's the first one. So, so it really becomes, you know, it, it's basically slash featuring Miles Kennedy. Uh, and then that the other three of us happened to be the conspirators. So, and by that point we had added Frank Sidora. So he became, you know, and associates. Maybe if you ever wanted to do a law firm. And, and associates. And exactly. <laughs> LLC. <laughs> <laughs> so that really wasn't that, that I got behind it. But that's neither fact nor fiction. It was just really getting the, the true story behind. Oh, was I supposed to create some sort of fiction about it? Well, you could have. Oh, said, basically, I, basically, I was just trying to take all the credit for the name. You kind of got the it. credit for it. I mean, <laughs> you, you were watching World War II documentaries. It, it, like the collaborators came up pretty good. Yeah. But then conspirators came up. Actually, you know what? You don't get any credit. It's whatever. I think it's uh, the it's History Channel. History Channel. Yeah, the History, History Channel, Channel gets all the credit. Yeah. <laughs> now they're going to get sued. We're going to get sued by the History Channel. <laughs> well, here we go. I'm going to sort of shut this one down for right shut now down. because there, because, yeah. because we have so much material left over. I don't know how much material you have left over on you for your, on your questions. Or do I, you have I honestly can go all day. I can go all day. Well, yeah. we're going to shut it down right now because there will be a part two. I, 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 I you like know, mostly 
in shutting it down is is what 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 are we missing out on as far as like when this oh, when this happened? Oh man, when, there's what, so many other things what, to get into. No, but I mean, as far as the as far <laughs> there you go, yeah, the the, the Bruce Kulick band, the Bruce Kulick connection to you is actually very interesting too. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I the, your connection to uh, to yes. Bruce via. Produced our first demos. You produced our first demos, and then the right. then there was the whole conspiracy uh, uh, with conspirators uh, of the X and Sex. X and but, sex. but but, but yeah. we'll have to get into that on the That's next part one. two. That has to be part. But two. I want to say, what are we missing out on as far as with this pandemic right now? What would you be doing if that wasn't happening? Oh, would there be you'd be supporting your solo stuff? Would you be? I would be playing Alice stuff? with Alice right now. We we, right. we had a big yeah. year of tour, and we had um, and it was a lot of ca- Canadian dates as well. Um, to get back to your uh, homeland, it was Moose a lot of U.S. Uh, I'm sure Moose Jaw was peppered <laughs> in there at one of the one of the dates. Yeah. Um, the thing is, we were supposed to have a lot of U.S., a lot of Canada, and. Um, Mexico and Europe, but it's all been sort of postponed. And, um, but that has allowed me to really dive, um, in the trenches, I guess you could say, uh, with this podcast, with this, yeah. build up, build up the community that we have. Cause everyone that's been watching and hanging around there is, uh, I'm, you got my respect. Thank you for hanging there. And, um, we've just been building up week by week and I know you're building up your podcast as well. So, um, I think this is really good for both of us to do these duo things because your crowd will see our stuff. Our, now our crowd is going to see your stuff. And I know you're, we're going to uh, re-release it on your channel on Thursday. So if you're not subscribing yes. to my channel right now, do it. And definitely subscribe to Todd's channel as well. Um, are there other ways of getting in touch with you, Todd? And if you can, please say them for the people listening at home. That's all my Instagram, Facebook, and um Twitter information at Todd Kearns at Todd Kearns uh, for basically Todd Kearns on Instagram and Facebook Todd Dammit Kearns on Twitter just to be confusing, <laughs> but that's basically the easiest way to get hold of me. Um, I, I feel like I'm fairly, it's, it's funny when I, when I look out at the world and see how uh, social media savvy everybody is, I find myself to be, uh, I I'm up to my knees in it. You know, I, I never ref- I refuse to get up to my neck in it. I, I, I love being able to kind of like, be a ray of sunshine in an otherwise very murky waters sometimes in some of that, that world. I, I try to try to present some sort of happiness and fun stuff once in a while, as we're doing here, yeah. you know, as opposed to getting into the heavy stuff that goes on the planet and we're currently living through. Well, what are you going to do? It's right? an escape. It's a bit of an escape, I yeah. think. But I think you have a, you have a presence online. I definitely, you know, have seen, your fans are are just as dedicated as the people that are supporting our um, what we're doing here with the Rock's Guitar Army and in the trenches. And I see the synergy growing, and it is in a positive way. And this it should be an escape because you know what, the, if you want to go talk crap and you want to hear about you know doom, 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 gloom, then you know just go turn on the TV. It's fine, but. Here is a little bit of a safe place. At one point, I said you couldn't say say the c word, and then you know, then the c word. You live in Europe. So many. You live in Europe. That's it's that's no big deal over there. (laughs) But as far as because people are going to be listening to this and watching on your podcast as well, uh, Todd Demetkerns talks to these are my sort of social medias there you, if you go. want to go check it out and um on instagram it's at ryan roxy facebook at ryan roxy and of course twitter at ryan roxy or if you can always just go by ryan and um 
Yeah. We Octoncurrents.com too. I forgot about that. There's websites. Oh, it's, there it's is weird websites. living. Yeah. It's weird living in the in in the uh, 21st century, isn't it? Well, it's it's especially in 2020 in the 21st century because it so much of the stuff that we're doing is online. And even is, though yeah. even though we are a world apart because we're not both you know into the touring cycle because you're not on a tour bus right now and I'm not, you know, in a different country maybe sleeping at the same time while you while you're playing, we're able to get together like days like today and uh no, I, I really, really want to. Good stories. I really want to pick your brain about uh, Sweden and, and that hang in the world. I've always, you know, as, as a Hanoi Rocks follower and believer for all my life. Although that's Finland, obviously, but that whole hang over in that part of the world, there's such a great love of rock and roll in that in that particular. I could tell area. you bands like Backyard Babies, Dragon and Nikki, and and, and the rest of the guys. Helicopters. Backyard, helicopters and, yeah. with Nikki Anderson. Um, you can talk about Soundtrack of Our Lives from Gothenburg as well. Um, of course, Hanoi. Yeah. Hanoi Rocks, they are finished, but they did sort of up and yeah. come in Sweden. So, mm-hmm. And um, there's so many other uh, genres of music here in Sweden. So we'll get into that as part two as yeah. well. As well as I want to get into your head about uh, not just you being a bassist for Slash, but you've been a guitarist in other bands and yeah. your voice is pretty angelic you could front any band and you have uh that you wanted to so that's a whole nother world of being a multi-musician that i want to get into on the next uh part two but i mean what else can we say i mean it's 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 been a great one it's been a long one but uh i'm i'm happy that we did it are you just just skimming the surface sir <laughs> i appreciate that trust me like all, all everything i want to get so deep into dad's porno mag and Electric Angels, uh, there's so many things I want to talk about. So next time we'll get into all that for sure. All right. All right. And I'll get into your time about, I'll get more into Tuke because I actually learned how, I learned how to actually pronounce it right. Because, you know, my producer, Vic, was going to say, yeah, you, you're, you're going to talk about Torque, are you? you know, I, go, I go, there's no R in there. He's like, yeah, there is. There is. I go, it's Tuke. I even saw their, I, I went on and, and saw their show, that their podcast that they have. They call it Tuke Talk at two. So there you go. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and don't be, <laughs> don't be. You're there. currently you're currently wearing what we would call in Canada a toque. Am it's I? basically a beanie. It usually has like a pom pom, like the South Park guys. Okay, you know, on top. But yeah, we just wear we call those toques. Well, okay, we, it's, it, it's it, a French it's, word. It's a French Canadian. Oh, it's a French word, obviously, but French Canadian bastardized into uh, just a Canadian term as toque. In Sweden, we call it a mousse. Musa. Ah, yeah, Musa, yeah, Musa, something like that. I'm sure I'll get lambasted by my fellow Swedes in the chat, but uh, it's something like that. Uh, Musa. And uh, I think in, what do we call it in the States? Beanie. Beanie. Yeah. yeah. Ski cap, I've heard. Wool cap, it's things it's like that. racist. Yeah. It almost sounds a bit, a little tinge of racism in there. <laughs> <laughs> a beanie, I always think, has a propeller on top. I, but Is that what I, it was? I've been wrong. You know what? I'm not sure. That'll be part three, I think. It'll have to They're be. Part a, three. It'll have to make it a trilogy All at that two. point. It, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it'll only be about mosses, beanies, and everything. Well, thank you yeah. very much, there, Cat House Music. That was very nice of you. Thank you. Um, and anyhow, uh, hang on the line there for just a little bit while I uh, say goodbye to everybody, and then you can say your goodbye, right? Of because, course, yeah, but absolutely. But you've been yeah. uh, checking out uh, in the trenches with Ryan Roxy. Our guest today has been Todd Kearns, and. 
for more information, just go to our uh, YouTube official channel. But uh, thank you very much, Todd. You can take it out thank- home. I don't usually do this stuff live except for on Tube Talk, which will be happening later today with Russ Dwarf from the Killer Dwarfs. It doesn't get much more Canadian than that. (laughs) But uh, I don't usually do my thing live. So it's been awesome to be able to hang out with all y'all. And uh, yeah, this Thursday, this will be replaying on my show. So hopefully we'll see you there. And you know what? After that, stay tuned for part two. Until the next time, folks, enjoy the ride. In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello.